Hey, welcome back to the Model Parenting Podcast. Uh, my name is David. I'm Farah. And uh, this episode, we're going to talk about money matters. Um, again, we're in this phase uh, of recording. We're just talking about some parenting philosophies, just some things that um, have come out of our values, uh, just some ways that we have interacted with our kids and different um, ideas and topics. So uh, this is where we're going to talk about money. And just give you a little bit of background on us. Um, when I was a kid, when I was in high school, um, money was a big deal to me. Um, I spent a lot of time, effort, and energy. I worked three jobs um, and tried to do all my homework and studies and worked all through college. And um, I was always working for money. Uh, most of the time I was working for money um, to either buy things that I didn't really need to impress people that I didn't really like um, or paying for dates for Farah. And that one worked out, I think. I mean, but we didn't have to be dating. Yeah, that was a that was a solid <laughs> that was a solid investment, though. I don't know. I think that might be a little waste because we could have still hung out and not dated. Dated. Yeah. <laughs> um, now you didn't have as much interaction with you worked, but I don't think you did it as poorly as I did. Well, but I had a lot of confusion around money because coming from two households that um, viewed money with two very different lenses um, made it very confusing to understand and the place where there was more money seemed to have less protection I think um, less I don't know I, le- I felt a little less safe Uh-oh. and I think I tied that sometimes with um, where there's more money there's less safety and that's that's not true um, but I did work in high school and college, um, and the things that I've seen in just in me was that I often tied my desire for independence later on in life. Um, I, like I was going to work, and I was going to be an independent woman, and I was going to have my own money. And um, But the more I desired that independence, I found out the more indebted I became to to people and, you know, stuff. So I do think we need a healthy relationship with money, and I think we need to help our kids through our values have a healthy interaction with money um, and a relationship with money Um, because the reality is money is just a tool. Um, It's not the end-all, be-all. It's not the goal. It's not the point. And and I think we as parents, a lot of times, we want to raise successful children, and we want them to – that means to make a certain amount of money or, um, you know, be financially independent or some of those kind of things. And, and I think some of the times we mean well with, with our kids, but I don't think we're communicating and have letting them have a healthy relationship with money. Um, which is a lot of times why, uh, people end up having, you know, the, the workaholic stuff and, and spending too much time invested, um, men and, and boys in particular, that that's their identity in their job and how much they can earn and produce. So I think a lot of that comes from just kind of the way we frame it as they're growing and through their teenage years. Yeah, I think it's super important for us to really pray about the health of that relationship that we as parents have with money. Because I think there were moments when I had a self-righteousness related to our lack of money, which I think was wrong and I you know yeah, like, it was dumb I didn't feel self-righteous <laughs> at all I felt very poor 
Okay. Well, I think I think that goes back to my confusion, you know, growing up. But I mean, I just I had, I don't know. There's just there's a lot of things that can be tied into that that can, lies that can seep in if you don't have a healthy a healthy view and a healthy relationship with money. Right. So. Our content today, we're going to start talking about, um, we're just going to have a quick conversation about money. Um, so first first point is, what is it worth? Um, the the value of money, Fair and I wanted our kids to understand the value of a dollar and that things cost money and um, to take care of things. We didn't want them to be, you know, flippant and just throw money around. We wanted them to be stewards of what they had. Um and learn how to to budget and, and understand the concept mainly of delayed gratification. Um, I think a lot of our kids um, don't understand this concept, and, and um, if we can teach them and train them about delayed gratification, I think that will serve them well through their teenage and, and early adult years and maybe help them from making some, some poor financial choices. Um, one of the ways we did that, and this was a total accident. Um, total. By the way. It was this was the kids were the boys were young they were i don't know six or eight something like that and they were literally coming to fair constantly during the summer particularly when this came up and they were constantly asking for food they wanted this and that and farah literally felt like she spent all day feeding them and refereeing yes you can have no you can't have right and monitoring um and, and so i came home one day she was she was explaining Razzled. this to me and she was just <laughs> sideways like oh my gosh i just want to eat all the time and I'm like, well, why don't you just junk budget them? And she's like, what? I'm like, why don't you just literally give them a junk budget in the morning, and when it's gone, it's gone. They don't have to ask you for it. They can go in the drawer. They can grab it. They can do whatever they want. Uh, <laughs> they can get it as often. And if they want to eat it all in the first 10 minutes of the day, they eat it all. I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, so <laughs> she was like, that's genius. It was amazing. Like, it completely revolutionized her life. And I didn't, like, it wasn't even anything I ever thought of. Like, it's just, we had never heard of it. We just, that's what we're going to do. So she started doing junk budget, and I cannot tell you the positive impact that had on it our children. It was God. It was God. It was an ordained moment like. in our life. <laughs> yes. Um, so, like, the first day we did it, um, I think it was Colton ate, like, everything he had in the first, it, it was no, they both did. They like both they, did. Both okay, they both did. did. I mean, they were kids, and so even though Dax like was is all you know, he's been more <laughs> reluctant to just blow through. He did it more slowly. I mean, I I would pay him at ten, and that first week it was really hard. Those first couple of days, I was like, this is not going to work because they were done with it. You know, at least by early afternoon, Cole was done with it. You know, within. So I really had to stay consistent with it those first, you know, several days, maybe even a week of, I'm sorry, you, you ate it all. Like, you've eaten everything that you had for the day outside of, you know, mealtime. Um, granted, we had, like, apples and carrots and stuff like that, but obviously. All right, we those had were that. You readily have, available. You could have you could as have much that. of that as you wanted. That was always available. Right, but this, was, this was more of a junk budget. Um, and we didn't monitor it or control it. That was the point. They learned to budget if they wanted dessert after dinner they, they had, had to, to have junk budget left they had to budget it all day from 10 until that night and if, if right. we didn't and, have and it and tell us kind of a typical you're still we're still doing this with corwin tell us kind of a typical junk budget for her so people can get handles on are we just dumping piles of candy in a drawer or is this no, have some it's usually to it? um like it's and the the best things work with like small pieces of 
of candy, like um, Tootsie Rolls, a small, you know, the tiny little bags of M&Ms, not the regular size of M&Ms, but like a tiny little bag of M&Ms. Fun size. Fun size. There you go. Where they can get, you know, two or three M&Ms, you know, at 10, and then they can save the rest of the bag and get, a, you know, two or three more later, that kind of stuff. Um, Tootsie Rolls work great. Smarties are, are amazing. Um, and so you just give them, you know, um, something that is like a little Debbie cake, not the two, two pack, but like a fudge round, small mm-hmm. fudge round or, you know, something like that. One of those. And then a couple of those fun size candies, um, you know, where it's, where it's like maybe two servings or, you know, three servings if they're older kids, teenagers of, I mean, we don't really budget yeah. the boys, but we didn't, we didn't really count calories. We didn't like, it wasn't, no. um, I will tell you that my kids always appreciated when I made junk budget more than when Farrah made junk budget. <laughs> um, because I did throw, I mean, I didn't, you know, Farrah would count out, you know, five touchy rolls and three. I mean, I just grabbed a couple and grab and just kind of throw it in there. And but also like <laughs> things like we would have, you know, little tags for and like sometimes we would have ice cream sandwiches so you'd have a tag in your in your junk budget for an ice cream sandwich and you would you know pay me for that and one soda like but but all in all it was like just kind of a handful of stuff you know nothing right with portions wise people say you know it's the size of your fist it's supposed to be a portion for that person so I mean it was kind of a handful of stuff for the kids for the day and that was it and when it was gone it was gone and uh, the first couple of days, I think there was a lot of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, there was because the, they wanted they wanted more, and I think honestly, when I was refereeing it, I think they were getting more than they actually got when they were budgeting it. Um, because, well, that's just the concept of having a budget versus not having. I budget. mean, that's if you totally, don't have a budget, right. you spend more money. Exactly, I and mean, and I didn't, yeah, because I couldn't remember, and yeah, so I would pay them at ten o'clock in the morning. They each had a basket or a little bowl in a drawer, and I would put that in um, in their, you know, their thing. And, um, and I mean, eventually they got to where they were saving because we had movie night, and they wanted to have more than whatever we were having for movie night. Yeah, they got and they would excellent save, at budgeting this They stuff. would save, like, one piece a day, so they would just have this, like, thing to eat the entire time we were <laughs> watching the movie on Friday night, which was and fun because they totally didn't eat it during the week. Um, and the way this trickled over blew my mind yeah. into their money and the way they budget things. And But that we started learning, they started learning the principle of delay gratification. They started learning, hey, I can budget and I can have, you know, 10 pieces of candy on a Friday night if I save it up during the week. If I just, if I deny myself Again, our values, there's a lot of it built in to deny yourself. And um, so this was just a great training tool for them before they even had money. Um, so that, that's kind of where it started with our training with them was junk budget because the, the currency for kids, money, kids don't really understand. Corwin, <laughs> Corwin even at 11, doesn't really understand no. a lot about money right now. Um, but she does understand junk, and she understands <laughs> junk food. That's a, that's a different level of currency for her. Um, so it is more valuable to them than money. So it helps them learn and train and teach. Um, but what we did start doing as they got older is we started Ooh, chocolate chips and marshmallows. Those are big. Chips those are big too. Like mom, mom's had a brain fart. Sorry. And threw it out there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so we transitioned into we, we still do junk budget for Corwin at, at her age. The boys don't really have junk budget. They monitor themselves. Um, they don't just constantly consume now. Uh, it, it has helped them. 
um, kind of budget and monitor themselves as 16 and 18 year old boys that would now they do eat a lot. Don't mishear that right. they're growing boys. They eat a ton, uh, but they do monitor the amount of junk that they have. They self monitor their sodas. They self monitor their candy and, and that kind of stuff. They do a good job with that. Um, but as they got older, we started to transition into money. And, um, when we first started this, I got paid bi-weekly. So that's every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started to do, we didn't do an allowance. Um, they don't do chores to get money. Um, they never are, we've never had our kids really work for money, uh, specifically. Um, they would do chores to appreciate the house. They would do chores because that's what we do as a family. We would all do those together and we would do our laundry. They would pick up their toys to appreciate their toys. Right. They so would. to value their, their toys and, and take care of those things. And again, we didn't want them to be flippant with their stuff. We wanted them to, to understand that um, there was value to those things. But um, we started paying them when I got paid. So every time I got paid, they got paid their age. So when Dax was 10, every two weeks he got 10 bucks. So he got about 20 bucks a month. Um, he loved those months where we had three pay weeks, you know, mm-hmm. occasionally when you're getting paid bi-weekly, it shows up there's a third paycheck in the month. Um, but they got paid when we got paid and they had to learn to start budgeting their money. And one of the things we did with them, um, Dave Ramsey's got a, uh, if you ha- haven't read his book, Financial Peace or looked at any of the Dave Ramsey stuff, he's a great budgeting, um, guy, but he's got an envelope system and essentially you break up your money and you kind of allocate it to different categories. Um, we took our categories essentially based on our values. So God's purpose, each other, authenticity, character, um, uh, people, excellence, laughter, experience, those eight things, we, we kind of divvied up our budget, our expendable money into those things. And, you know, we, we give to um, organizations that um, advance the gospel and we set aside people money. And um, we our, our, our values really are the framework for our budget. Now, it's hard to have an authenticity budget. So it's not like we take every word it's and, right. and every make a budget out of it. Right. But we do have a people the budget. The ones where there are tangible ways that you can. Right. We have an each it. other budget. Like the, the boys, we, we put money in there and the boys can use that to go um, play paintball or they can use it to take their sister to the little jumpy places that there are putt-putt or any of those. If they're doing something together and spending time with each other, they can use that money. And that's that's allocated for those kind of things. Or we can take those on vacations or you know, however, however your values are set up, your budget will reflect that. But we had our kids pick a couple of our values or, or even some of their own values, and they made envelopes. And um, I think Dax was probably better at this than Cole was. I think Cole does it moderately, um, but I think Dax does pretty well. And he breaks up his money, and he, he divvies it up into his envelope. Well, and it, it, it happened, you know, more as – I mean, he had, like, two envelopes when he was younger, like, and the the kid, the other two have the same kind of, like, an envelope for, you know, birthday parties, um, and then an envelope for them, for, you know, spending on themselves. Um, but then, as Dax got, you know, he needed gas money. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he would budget for that, and he would, you know, different things as, the, as he grew. Right, so as they're learning this value of money, and they're learning this idea that, they can budget these things and allocate their, their dollars to go towards their values, not just spend flippantly whenever and wherever they want. Our kids start to understand budgeting and have a healthy relationship with money. They understand that money is a tool, that it is not the goal, that money is something that is we tell it where to go, we tell it what to do, and it does what we reflect. It doesn't control us. We yeah. don't strive for it. So I, I will say that our kids, um, Farron and I were talking about this the other day, um, particularly our boys, they don't really care about money. 
And, and I'm not saying that they just spend it. Like Dax never spends money unless he spends it on other people or um, some values, you know, giving type thing. He, he does those things, but he doesn't just run around and spend money all the time. He is very um, committed to his process of what he's, he's spending it on. Um, but they have, I think, a healthy relationship with money that it is not the most important thing in the world. They don't want to go work 20 and 30 and 40 hours a week on a job so that they can have money because money's not money's not the point. But they will work hard 20, 30, 40 week, hours a week to, to hone a skill or to get better at something that has no pay, no pay. Right. Um, we do even at this point, um, particularly with the boys, uh, they have input on our budget. Um, so they see our budget, they see our monthly, we, we, and I'm kind of a nerd. I like spreadsheets. So I have a monthly spreadsheet that kind of, tells all of our money where to go. So if I get paid $100, all of that $100 is allocated into different categories and it goes where it's supposed to go. We don't have any money that's just like, oh, what are we going to do with this month? I mean, it's just everything is allocated ahead of time and we know where we're going. And we try to be disciplined in our money and, and not have a lot of debt and not have money that um, we don't have work for us, either through investments or savings or or ready for college or some of those kind of or things. Or emergency money. Like, that's another thing. The kids have savings accounts that we opened when they were five, and they have already seen where that ha- like where that comes into play when it's raining and <laughs> your club slips out of your hand and goes into the lake during a tournament. Oh, uh, well, I've, that's okay because I've got, I've got emergency money saved up to replace that. Right, um, they take some of their budget money and they put it in their emergency fund so that they can take care of things. So, um Again, we have tried to, through this process of helping our kids understand the value of money, um, principles we wanted them to learn was delayed gratification, and we wanted them to learn that money is a tool. Those are kind of the two big things that we wanted them to learn and understand um, as they were understanding the value of money. Now, with that comes the responsibility to teach our kids to work. And Farrah mentioned that that they have a, a great work ethic. Um, a lot of, of parents, um, and, and this is kind of the second back-end principle here, a lot of parents want their kids to have jobs because they think jobs teach kids work ethic. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to be offensive at this, but jobs don't teach work ethic. You either have work ethic or you don't based on the principles you understand. So I know several kids, our boys have a lot of friends that, that do have jobs that are, um, they do not work very hard at their jobs. They've learned how to trade hours for dollars. That's all they're doing is to saying, if I stay here five hours, I'm going to get $50. And that's my, that's my trade off. I spend, I trade hours for dollars. Um, I don't think that is reinforcing the ideas of budgeting and um, being disciplined and learning money. So teaching your kids to work, um, and I think what Farron and I have done through most of our time with our children, is not letting them work for money, but working because um, work is good. Work was created before the fall. I think Farron and I had a, a, a pretty good philosophy of work. Work was created before the fall, so Adam and Eve in the garden had to work. God gave them work to do before work they made... Work is good. Work is good. Work is healthy. Um, and um, we believe that hard work is good. That, that, again, we go excellence is our value, and this is where it comes out, is we want a good attitude and good effort. 
And so focusing on attitude and effort, whether it was spreading mulch or cutting grass or pulling weeds, um, pulling weeds or moving, um, you know, helping other people move, our boys and Corwin too have learned to work and to work with excellence through the process of not working for money. So we don't we don't reward them, quote unquote, for doing work. Work is a, a, a its own reward. The natural um, looking at back saying, man, I did that and I did it One well. One of the best ways to work is to work together, mm-hmm. to stand back and look what you've just done and take it in and to put on some music and have a little fun. Have a little fun with it. So <laughs> um, you can teach your kids to work without putting a price tag on an hour. Um, and I think trading hours for dollars is um, culturally – we have gotten into a, a pattern and a system that, that we're willing to trade as many hours as it takes to get the dollars that we think we need. Um, or grades. We'll do whatever whatever we can for some external reward. If right. we're, but if there's not an external, we're out. Right. So um, our kids, uh, our boys particularly right now in Corwin even, um, a, a lot of what we did was they did work for um, – Things like, like uh, Dax particularly loved to hit range balls, and range balls were 6 or $8 a basket. Um, so there were times that we said, okay, hey, if we, we need this done, we need the windows washed. It's, it's spring, we got to clean, you know, do the windows or whatever. Hey, we, we need you to clean the windows, and we can get a bucket of balls for the windows. So however long you took to do it, it wasn't trading hours for dollars. It was, hey, I'm going to complete this task, and I'm going to do it with excellence. And if I do that, then I'm going to be able to go and hit a bucket of balls. Um, we did the same thing with picking up the, the dog mess out of the yard. And I know that's super <laughs> gross and I'm super sorry, but we had to clean up the yard from time to time because the dog just kind of does her business everywhere and we can't have business everywhere in the yard. So we, um, we did this trading, you know, Hey, you get that cleaned up and then we can go hit a bucket of balls or we can go chip or putt or, or do whatever. So we have done, um, a lot of, of trading things, and again, well, you're bribing your kids. I wasn't bribing my kids. I was giving them a goal and saying, hey, if you accomplish that goal, then we can go and experience this together. Again, we were trying to do things um, together, but um, one of the things Fair and I were committed to is we didn't want the hours of our children to have a price tag that they were willing to sell their time. Time is the most precious commodity you have as a person, as a human, um, particularly when your kids are young and um, – there's a lot of, of parents and friends that we have that uh, their their kids are graduating and they haven't had a lot of time with them because their kids have had to spend so much time at work and they're, they're working for things that I don't think they're going to really remember in a couple of years versus having that time in a relationship with their family. So um, I didn't want my kids gone and running. I wanted them, particularly the biggest thing we wanted to do, and we're going to talk about it in the next episode, but the biggest thing I wanted them to do was chase a dream. I wanted them to chase what they wanted to do with their life. Um, one of the biggest principles I understand, because I worked three jobs through high school, I missed a lot of being a kid. I, I grew up too fast, if, if that's possible. I, I grew up too quickly, and I was worried about um, car payments and insurance and all these things that I didn't need to be, that I chose, that I took on because I didn't have a healthy relationship with money. And I, I didn't. I think there were some dreams that I could have chased as a kid because all of you that are adults are listening to this, you know that the time for chasing dreams, it, it gets smaller and smaller as you get older and older. 
and more responsibilities. Um, I can't just kind of drop my my responsibilities right now as a husband and a dad and go chase whatever dream I want and put my, my family in a financial position where I can't provide for them. I've got to, to maintain things, um, to, to put a roof over our kid's head and, and feed them and, and get them to college and those kind of things. Um, but while my kids were young, we have really done and emphasized this working on a dream and chasing a dream. We're going to talk about that more in the episode. So I don't next episode. So I don't want to get too far working off. Working to that. get skills. Working to learn how to do things. Right. So Dax and Cole have spent. Dax works thirty to forty hours a week practicing golf. I mean, that's legitimately what he does. It's not a. He just walks out there and he's just really good. He develops those skills and he works really hard. He works harder at golf than the majority of kids his age work at jobs. And um, he has earned uh, college scholarships and uh, the opportunity for his, his college to be paid for through that. Um, and he didn't, quote-unquote, earn the money for it, but he earned the right to get those scholarships. So they didn't, um, he didn't have to work and save up the money to go to college because he spent that time working and investing in his dream. Um, but excellence drives everything we do. It doesn't matter if we get paid or not. Um, and, and I want that tr- principle to translate to when they do have a job or when they're, when and that, again, that's attitude and effort. That's, that's attitude not, and effort. Right. Not it, it's not the results driven at all. It's not perfection. It is excellence that we put in the attitude and effort, regardless of what we do, if we're getting paid, if we're not getting paid, we want to have the same standard of excellence all the way through. Um, we already mentioned that chores or appreciate the house, uh, appreciate the things that they have. Um, we don't pay them for that. Their payment is to help them learn to manage money. We said we pay them when we get paid. We still do that. Corwin gets uh, $11. Actually, she gets 22 I get paid once a month now. So she gets double that. She gets $22 a month. And she budgets that and, and has to manage that. So she doesn't do chores to get that. That She gets paid whether she does, quote-unquote, chores or not. Um, she does that so she learns how to manage money. And one of the best things that's come out of that is is being at the store and them asking, you know, can I have this? Can I get I don't know. Can you, do you have, do you have the money? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and then there's not the relational conflict that comes from us being the source. Right. So, um, I do encourage you to give your kids some version uh, of an allowance to teach them how to manage money. A couple of the things that fell out of that, um, we had them go open bank accounts, savings accounts when they were six, five, five. on their, on their fifth birthday, on their fifth birthday. We went and did that. They had they to know their address and their phone number. Um, which is great for children to know, um, but there's kind of a reason that they needed to know it, so they were willing to do it. Um, but then they opened their own checking account with a debit card when they were 16. Um, when they got their license, we took our boys. We haven't taken Corwin yet because she's not 16. <laughs> um, but they go and start their own checking account, and they've got um, a debit card and that kind of thing, and they manage that money in that account. And they put their money in as, you know, birthday monies and those kind of things, and they, they manage that. They fair save enough. some. They we don't do anything some, with they it. They save some for people in their lives. If if they overrun it, they overrun it, and they've got to figure out and deal with the consequences of that. So they haven't overrun it yet, by the way, just so all you guys know. Um, but they might. and we're They might, and that's okay. Fine. I did. Yeah, I did <laughs> a lot. I was, I remember I had a lot of confusion about yeah. money. <laughs> all right, last kind of principle in this money matters thing, and Fair and I, this was early on for us, um, we have never told our children, and I, I, I know you hesitate, never say never, I get it. But in the 18 years of being a parent. We committed to. We committed to, and we never told our children we could not afford something, ever. Um, the, the principle of having our budget aligned with our values was, 
we have made we live in America. Most people who are listening to this podcast, most people who live in America, are in the the top ten percent of wealth in the world. I mean, we are we are a blessed nation. We are taken care of. God has has given us multiple things. I know it never feels like that. You never feel like you have enough money. I get it. But I've told my kids, even when I didn't have any money, when we were broke, when I was working as a pastor and and struggling to, and I was eat. the only one working, and we did not have very much money. We never told our children we could not afford something because I don't like that mentality that we can't. All, all money is is a tool. If I say yes to something, I have to say no to something else. So the principle we taught our children, we, we never say, hey, I can't afford to do that right now. I'm sorry. I'm like, hey, absolutely, yes, we can. But if we do that, we can't do this. And they learned through the – it was so good to teach them the lens of our values um, that – now, again, I wouldn't say, all right, hey, um, we can do that, but we're not going to be able to tithe, okay? We, we didn't give them that kind of power in our budget. But we did have experience money, and we had people money. And we would say, okay, hey, we can do that experience, but we can't budget that money for people. And there were a lot of times they're like, hey, well, you know, so-and-so's birthday's coming up. And that needs to come out of people money. I really want to go to that birthday party, so let's not do this so I can have that money for, for Buddy Boy's uh, birthday present. Um, but again, helping our kids understand the parameters of our budget and the values that drive it, there were a lot of conversations that came out of that because we just didn't automate, hey, we, we can't afford it. And I've, I've heard this conversation among parents and, and teenagers and kids say, hey, we can't afford that right now. Hey, we can't. Hey, th- there's always money to do things. Um, there's always a way. So uh, I told my kids multiple times, if God's in it, if God's moving us that direction, and it gave them opportunities to share faith and understand that if, if God wanted them to go on a trip. Now, I was the kid growing up that if I couldn't afford like youth trips and stuff like that, and people scholarshiped me in a lot of situations so that I could do and participate in some of these things. Even though I was working jobs and I, I just didn't have very much money, and, and my family didn't have very much money, so we couldn't afford some of those things. But um, not me knowing that we couldn't afford things growing up, I didn't do things. I didn't ask for things. I didn't pursue things, and I didn't pursue God's provision. direction and provision for that. So there have been times that we the, the kids really wanted to do something, and I'm like, hey, well, you know, we can't. And he's like, man, I really feel like we need to do both. And we're like, hey, well, let's just ask God. Let's just ask God for that money in that moment. And and ask God for, to provide that opportunity. And in those moments, God provided those opportunities. Um, so stretching and growing our faith and exercising our faith along with our kids. So our kids saw that, um, I don't want to say struggle, but they saw that perspective that they could they could go to God and ask for what they wanted and 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 take those needs to him. And if he was really wanting them to move in it, then, then he would honor it. So. And and not necessarily needs. I I really as we were preparing and praying and getting ready for this podcast, this specific one, I had some conflict, and I was like, Lord, can we can we really say this? Like that? Yes, it's something that we adopted, and it's a commitment that we made to not tell ourselves we couldn't afford it, and you know to encourage the kids not to to view it that way. But can we really do that? And I've been reading my utmost for his highest. Um, this year, just here and there, and today is May 21st, and May 16th, this past week, May 16th's entry was about how the worst lies are tucked up in that phrase, 
you can't afford. Um, as if the Heavenly Father has cut us off. <laughs> and he goes on to talk about how that root is self-pity and how self-pity can have all of these things. But, I mean, I he confirmed that that he doesn't want his children to have that mentality that they can't afford. He wants us to come to him and, and ask and say, I want this, God. Is this what you want for me? And if so, how? How and, do we And obviously it? God doesn't want us to afford a new Ferrari. Right. So we're, we're not saying anything <laughs> of that. God will give you whatever you ask for. We are not saying that. I, I am saying that God knows how to give his children good gifts. He does. And um, we try to bring that principle in with our kids and give them good gifts uh, inside of a budget, inside of a system that allowed them to understand that God has endless resources. Yes, he does. And, and can he, do anything and everything he wants to do at any moment he chooses to do it. I love, David often says, like, I don't know, all the money is God's. And, I mean, he just, he moves it around where it, where it needs to go. That's not exactly what he says, but it's like some, that, it is. It all belongs to him. And he just, he moves it and shares it. And sometimes he moves it through us. And sometimes he moves it through other people to us. And Right. And, and, and one of the principles that our kids have understood um, we have committed to God that if he can get it to us, he can get it through us. Yep. Um, we hold everything very loosely, um, very open-handed, um, and God has blessed that and uh, blessed multiple ministries and other organizations because um, we just live inside the parameters that God gave us. And um, God, God moves money through us and our family regularly um, to bless and, and, and do his work um, here in, in, in this world. So um, those are some principles. Um, that's just kind of some content we have around money, um, wanting to help our kids have a healthy relationship with money. And um, fair has got to think an activity and a resource for us on this episode. Just real fast before I do that, I just want to, I do want to say we have botched this up. Um, and he has, you he, has res- he has rescued us and, and pulled us out of, I knew he pulled out a sin debt, but he has pulled us out of financial stuff, too, that we have gotten ourselves into. Okay, activity, connecting activity is play Monopoly. Um, I also want to say play Dave Ramsey's Act Your Wage. <laughs> Act Your Wage, W-A-G-E. Wage, W-A-G-E, not A-G-E. Um, I have not played it, but I'm going to go ahead and recommend it because their stuff is just it's good i want to play it with our kids um and then our resource is gonna be that envelope system that that david talked about um they have some really cool actual like envelope wallet type things and i'm gonna put the link in the notes yeah the graduation gifts we got for um all of the kids that we got graduation not all gifts, of them, not all but, of them, but um, several of the ones that uh, our kids have been friends with a really long time. Especially the dudes. Um, the dudes. <laughs> we, we got them a, that budgeting tool. It's an envelope system that helps them budget money. and So just ha- trying to help them start out um, their college career, being financially responsible with, with their things. So we recommend it because we actually bought it and use and, it. So. And use it. And we used it before we started tying it to our values, but then when we started tying it to our values, it just, like, it was it was the jam. So. All right, that's episode 16, Money Matters. Um, if you have any questions, comments, feel free to shoot us a text or um, email us at modelparentingpodcast at gmail.com. All right, we're uh, moving on. Ne- episode 17 is going to be uh, talking about dreams um, and, and maybe how to chase some dreams with your kids. So I hope you pick that one up, and uh, we'll uh, help, help you out on the next one. Thanks, bye.